there's a fine line that music artists tread when they get into a groove. Do they stick with that success? Do they follow inspiration that would take them elsewhere? Maybe try new things and wind up being accused of trying to fix something that wasn't broken? Or make the safer play and risk having people yawn about them making the same record again? And what happens when they turn a corner in their lives and realize the distance between who they are then and the people that they were 10 or 20 years earlier? They are not couch surfing or surviving on PB&J. They find themselves with a family, perhaps. Definitely some wisdom and perspective. All of this presents its own set of challenges. First, how many comfortable, happy people wrote songs that were nearly as good as struggling, sadder people? And we are talking about rock and roll, by the way. Arena of the young, fueled as much by angst as ability. These questions are not simply rhetorical, as you might have guessed. They are all fair game for our guest, Ben Nichols, of the band Lucera. Ben seems to have posed some of these to himself lately, and answers them on the Memphis Quintet's 10th album, When You Found Me. Coming up, you'll hear a lively conversation with Ben, touching on everything from his band's embrace of synthesizers, to working with his brother on film projects, the different kind of melancholy and heartbreak that he knows now from being a family man, and a whole lot more, including, of course, a good bit of Lucero's music, which includes this song from When You Found Me, Back in Ohio. I'm your host and producer, Joe Kendrick, welcoming you to our episode on Lucero, here on Southern Songs and Stories. Southern Songs and Stories is part of the podcast lineup of both Public Radio WNCW and Osiris Media. Osiris creates music podcasts and events to help music fans deepen their connection to the music they love with all of their shows at OsirisPod.com. Osiris works in partnership with Jam Bass, which connects music fans to the music they love and empowers them to go see live music. Capsule versions of Southern Songs and Stories are produced for broadcast on WNCW by me, Corey Askew. More information about this and other podcasts from Grassroots Radio, WNCW, at WNCW.org. Well, this is definitely a Lucero record, and it's and it's definitely kind of a first for a Lucero record with the addition of synths. And if right. I threw out the names Foreigner and Love and Rockets, would that be too far <laughs> off the mark as far as where some of this is coming from or it has at least a parallel? Man, I love that. Um, I'm a fan of both of those bands. Um, and yeah, I, this was kind of a... I didn't want to make a retro record in any way, but I did want to touch into some of that nostalgia and some of that uh, that sound that I grew up with just on kind of 80s rock and roll radio. Um, you know, later when I was 12 and 13, I 
I found my own bands, uh, the punk rock bands or the uh, local bands uh, that that definitely went into forming uh, what Lucero might become. Uh, but but there's that those childhood songs that you can't escape from. Your John Cougar Mellencamp and your Tom Petty, and yeah, your Foreigner and your Boston and all that stuff, um, all that radio rock from the '80s. I, there was a part of me that really wanted to incorporate some of that into Lucero songs, and this was uh, this album is kind of my uh, love letter to that era. Um, I think we've still got a Lucero record, like you said. Um, the songwriting uh, is still, uh, I think it's still kind of coming from the same kind of heart and soul. Um, but it's nice to experiment with some different sounds from time to time. Uh, Lucero has been known to go different directions for different albums. Uh, each one kind of has its own character. And, and, and so this one has its own character as well. I think, uh, going back to your previous record among the ghosts, it seems like your songwriting might have a bit of a different vantage point now. Maybe is it that you're married and have a daughter that you're doing more character studies? Is, is that somewhere close? Sure. I think so. Um, I think, uh, you know, we've been a band for over 20 years now and I've covered the, you know, the long nights of heartbreak and whiskey and bar rooms and, uh, broken relationships. Uh, I've covered that territory in my lyrics quite a bit. Um, and so, yeah, since I got married, um, about four or five years ago, um, yeah, I don't, I don't write those kind of songs as much anymore. And, uh, and I think that's a good thing. Like I said, I think I've covered that ground. Um, I'm still writing about, there's still a melancholy to it and there's still a loneliness to it sometimes even. Um, but now that loneliness is, uh, more about being separated from your family, uh, and the ones that you love. Um, so really it strikes me as even more, um, intense, uh, the, the sadness and the, and, and the, the emotions that run through these songs now, um, it's not just about a, a, a random relationship. It's about, you know, a very serious family relationship, uh, whether it's about missing your daughter, uh, or your wife or, uh, whatever it's, uh, I don't know. I think there's a, there's a greater intensity to it now, but, um, but yeah, there's some more, I'm writing in third person a little more often now. Um, and that's really just me trying to get better at the songwriting craft. I think in the past I've had a tendency to just kind of write songs kind of like diary entries, which that can work sometimes. Um, But if you can actually think about the story a little bit more uh, and try to craft it a little bit more, uh, I think that that could benefit me. So um, so I've been trying to do that. I don't know if I've really uh, nailed that yet, but it's something I'm working on.
Did you write Outrun the Moon with Larry Brown in mind? I did. Um, it kind of not, I didn't set out to write a Larry Brown type story in that song. But as it came together, those were the images that were kind of running through my mind. Uh, there was a novel called Faye in particular about a young girl kind of on the run. Um, and so that story kept popping up in my head. Um, and my story is much simpler uh, than anything he would write. But I at least wanted to kind of, uh, I don't know, conjure that ghost and maybe put a little bit of that spirit into that song where, you know, you've got your backcountry roads and a... Uh, and a young girl kind of on her own, uh, wandering through the night and yeah, trying to find her way. Uh, I don't know. He was really good at that. And I, I wanted to tap into a little bit of that. Anybody that knows you knows you're a fan of Cormac McCarthy, you know, just yeah. go back to your solo record, Last Pale Light in the West. And, and there you've got a, a whole lot to go on as far as that goes. But what does that tell us about you that you like these really gritty authors? Ah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm a history major. Actually, I, I was a history major in college. I, I wasn't as good at the literature uh, at the time when I was a kid. I could interpret uh, uh, a history book, nonfiction book, much better than I could interpret and write an essay on a, on a fictional book, a literature piece. Um, and so I gravitated to the kind of the, I don't know, maybe the more realistic. Um, and that's just kind of always been uh, natural for me. Um, so yeah, maybe I like these kind of very, uh, hard boiled, uh, possibly more realistic kind of straightforward writers. Um, I don't, I don't know. There's a, the other side of me, there's a flip to that, that I love fantasy and science fiction as well. Um, but, but the grittiness is always there, uh, no matter what genre it is. I prefer something that's a little more, um, I don't know. I, I'm not even sure what the word for it is. I'm. I'm failing you right at the moment. But, <laughs> well, uh, but yeah, that's been my taste always. But it syncs up with Lucero's vibe perfectly, that, that subject matter, that sort of, that, that sort, sort of genre uh, of, of prose. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know. Like I said, there's always been, from the very beginning of Lucero, it was a, there was always a certain melancholy uh, and a certain loneliness to the, to the type of songs I was writing. Whether they were happy or sad, that loneliness was kind of always there. Um, and I don't know, I think, I think maybe that's, uh, I gravitate to that in other mediums, whether it's the books I'm reading or the histories that I'm reading or uh, the shows that I watch. I, I just, for some reason I like that and it appeals to me. There's a, uh, I don't know. It makes me less lonely when you, when I can sing about it or when I can see that on the screen or in a book. Um, I don't know. It resonates with me and it, it helps me get through the. <laughs> through the tough times. When you 
Let's talk about the arc of these songs. When you start out with Have You Lost Your Way and you end with the title track, When You Found Me. Um, yeah. Can you tell me about the story arc in this album? Um, well, it's not exactly a concept record or, or anything, um, but I think there's, there is kind of a consistency to the whole thing, and there's, a, there's, there's definitely a few themes that run through the record. Um, I don't know. One of, the, one of the things that kind of caught me off guard was how much my, my daughter would influence me. Um, and she's four years old now, so there's a lot of bedtime stories and, and, and you know, singing her songs to put her to sleep at night and uh, reading her stories and stuff. And uh, I don't know. I think that kind of... Uh, that kind of fairy tale storytelling kind of subconsciously worked its way into some of the songs. And uh, the first couple of songs actually have, you know, a, kind of a young girl heroine uh, main character um, facing different, you know, uh, adversities um, that she has to work her way through or overcome. And that might be a, a perspective and a point of view that I haven't written much from in the past. Um, but now that I have a daughter... Uh, I, I, I've been kind of viewing her as, uh, I don't know. I've been kind of tapping into, uh, that source, uh, for some of the songwriting material, which is something new for us. Um, but yeah, there's, I don't know, even the stories that the songs that aren't, uh, specifically fairy tales, um, I think have kind of a storybook quality to them. Um, but yeah, to get, I'm sorry, I was kind of wandering there. To get back to your actual question of uh, how the record starts with the first song, uh, Have You Lost Your Way, and ends with uh, When You Found Me. Um, that was an accident, um, but it was, a, it was an accident that I really enjoyed coming across. Um, it, it kind of puts a bookend, uh, bookends on the record. And uh, I don't know, there's a, there could be kind of a, a redemptive quality to that journey through the through each song on the record um i don't know it's uh it wasn't intentional but but i like the way it turned out part of making rock music is let's be honest about being edgy and cool one way to cultivate that mystique when you're 20 years into your career is to switch up your game a little instead of writing in the first person how about writing about other characters like the song back in ohio which you heard at the start of our show about a true story of William Morgan, a man from Ohio who in the late 1950s fought alongside Cuban rebels to help them win the Cuban Revolution. Even better, bring in those same kind of hard-boiled characters onto a short film based on one of your songs, with A-list actors like Michael Shannon, Garrett Hedlund, and Scoot McNary, which Ben did when he enlisted his filmmaker brother Jeff Nichols to produce Long Way Back Home. When'd you get here? Just now. I'm looking for Red and Corey. What do you want them for? What do you care what I want them for? Just curious. People been talking. Some say you want to kill them. Why would I want to kill my little brothers? Well, you've probably seen a good bit of Lucero's music on the screen. You know, you, 
you've got a cinematic quality there. You've been on plenty of movies and, and TV shows and whatnot. How important is that to you and to the band? Man, that's always a treat. Um, you know, when you're, or at least when I was starting to play music and be in a band, I always thought it'd be really cool to have uh, your song featured in TV shows or movies. Um, and luckily with my little brother, Jeff Nichols, uh, being uh, a pretty darn good writer and director, uh, filmmaker, uh, he's used a lot of his, st- a lot of our stuff in his movies. Um, so I've gotten to see that a bit. But then also the stuff like getting a Last Pale Light in the West was featured in a Walking Dead episode. Um, and that was huge. I was a I was a fan of the comic book, and then I was a fan of the show. So I've been watching the show, the you know, since day one. And uh, when the producer called me to ask if he could use that song, I was like, "Yes, of course, please." Uh, yeah, I'll do anything. Um, and so, so that was a treat. And getting to do Treme was really cool. That was a treat as well. So you don't plan on that, or at least we didn't plan on it. But it's nice when it happens. I love that short film that you've got up the long way back home with Man, Michael yeah. Shannon, Scoot McNary, who has the best name, by the way. That's uh, a great, it's, he's got a great name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was excellent in uh, True Detective season three, was it? Uh, whichever season took place in Fayetteville, Scoot McNary was in that, and he did a great job in True Detective. But he was great in the last Tarantino movie as well. He had a small part in that. Uh, yeah, and then Garrett Headland was the other guy, was the other actor in that video. Um, but yeah, my brother Jeff kind of called in some favors with these excellent actors, and they all came to Memphis and helped us uh, make this. It's Yeah, it's more than a music video. It's a short film, and we did it in about a week. And uh, that's one of the coolest things Lucero's ever done as a band is get that video made. Um, I like that song. And I kind of gave my brother that, that song's on Among the Ghosts, and I gave him the record, and I was like, man... Just whatever strikes you, uh, we'll make a video for whichever one you like. And that's the one he picked. Um, I think maybe because it is kind of, that song has that kind of Larry Brown type storytelling, which is kind of Jeff Nichols type storytelling. Um, he takes a lot from that kind of stuff too. Um, and yeah, I think we, that one, we hit the nail on the head with that video. I'm, I'm really proud of it. What's your take on what Michael Shannon's character did at the end of that? That's a good question, um, and I like that. It, I like that Jeff leaves it kind of vague. You don't know if he's gonna, yeah, if he's gonna help his brothers get away or if he's gonna shoot one of them. Yeah, it's. Uh, we filmed some other scenes uh, where one of them does get shot, and there's some other takeouts and stuff that maybe they'll see the light of day uh, in the future. But I like it being left more ambiguous. Um, I like to think, of course, that the brothers came together at the end and. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not got away from the cops or did whatever yeah. they had to do. Um, since I come from a family of three brothers, uh, I like to think that the brothers stuck together in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about your roots in Arkansas and maybe yeah. your thoughts on how that culture shows itself in your music. Yep. Yeah, as much as I love Memphis and I do call it my hometown now, uh, I was born and raised in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, and my family's been from Arkansas forever. My, both my parents were from a small town called Alzheimer, Arkansas. Um, and it was just cotton farms, soybeans, rice. Um, and yeah, the family's been in Arkansas for a long time. Uh, I'm not even sure how far back it goes before the Civil War. Um, and so 
I've always had a strong connection with, with Arkansas and it's still my favorite state. I miss it. Uh, I wish I could go back a lot. Um, but growing up there, it's funny as, uh, you know, you've got Johnny Cash, obviously is from Arkansas. And that was a big thing for me. That's especially when I started Lucero, uh, Johnny Cash was a big influence. And I, I really liked the fact that he was from the same state that I was from. Um, but then you had the Johnny Cash influence, but really Little Rock, uh, for me growing up and going to high school there, there was a really cool punk rock scene there. Um, and in the late eighties to, you know, late nineties, um, a lot of bands came through and there was just a ton of local bands, uh, that had really eclectic tastes. And, uh, there was a spot down at the riverfront park in Little Rock, Arkansas, when downtown was still abandoned. The little riverfront park had a Belvedere, uh, a kind of gazebo thing, and it had power outlets, and the power was always on, so you could just go down there and plug in a little PA system and plug in your amps and have a show. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I grew up in high school and college going to all these shows, and there was, there was no booze, there was no bars, there was no bouncers, it was just you go plug in and play. And so it was a very kind of do-it-yourself type of thing. Uh, and bands from all over the country would come and play this gazebo in Little Rock. And I just kind of, that's where I learned how to be in a band. And that's where I learned how to, uh, or at least one way of making rock and roll music. Um, and so that's kind of where, uh, where I really got inspired and decided this is something I want to do for a long time. Uh, I, learned, I learned all that in Little Rock, yeah. Arkansas is in the South, but it's also at the intersection of the Midwest. So I imagine it's got a little bit of a different vibe versus the culture of the, a lot of the rest of the South. Maybe so. Um, I mean, you split it diagonally right down the state and the kind of Southeast is uh, Mississippi Delta and farmland, all cotton fields and soybeans and stuff, rice, a lot of duck hunting, deer hunting. But then the North, the whole Northwest and Western part of the state is Ozark Mountains and Washita Mountains. Um, not quite as big as the stuff, you know, out near y'all and the Appalachians, but, uh, but still really pretty. Um, and a, definitely a different culture than the Southeast. Um, so you do have a little bit of mountains versus farmland. Um, and that dichotomy is, uh, is really cool. And I wish I knew more about traditional Arkansas music, but I, I don't, I know about the weird little punk rock bands that sprung up in this kind of middle of nowhere town. Um, and, and that's really, that's really kind of more what influenced me was, uh, these kids taking, finding whatever little influences they could, whether it's from zines or, you know, music videos or I don't know, whatever they could get their hands on in those old days, pre-internet and kind of cobbling together this, this punk rock scene, um, in this odd southern town. That's what really uh, got me kind of fired up.
Closing out the music this episode with some of Pull Me Close, Don't Let Go from Lucero's When You Found Me, which was helmed by Matt Ross Spang, a first call producer and engineer who also worked with Lucero on their previous record, Among the Ghosts, and whose recent credits include albums by The Mountain Goats, The Revivalists, Drive-By Truckers, and one of our previous guests on the podcast, the Almond Betts Band, with their album Bless Your Heart. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you might reach out to someone you know who is a fan of music, history, or culture, and let them know about the series. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, NPR One, pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. And once you subscribe, it helps even more when you give it a good rating and a review. Top ratings, and especially your reviews, will make Southern songs and stories and the artist hit profiles more likely to be found by more people just like you. Southern Songs and Stories is part of the podcast lineup of both Public Radio WNCW and Osiris Media, with all the Osiris shows available at osirispod.com. You can also hear new episodes of this podcast on Bluegrass Planet Radio at bluegrassplanetradio.com. My full interview with Ben Nichols is on video, which is linked in the show notes. And it has even more nuggets, like what it was like working in Sam Phillips' recording studio with its upstairs bar where you can still sense the presence of all the Sun Records greats from long ago. Thanks to Corey Askew for producing the radio adaptations of this series on Public Radio WNCW, where our audio engineer, Sean Rubin, graciously ran my video call with Ben, and also where we were lucky to call Joshua Ming our intern for a time. He wrote and performed our theme songs. I'm your host and producer, Joe Kendrick, and this is Southern Songs and Stories, the music of the South and the artists that make it. Thinking back to your daughter, Ben, what's the most dad rock move you've pulled off? Have you like rolled up to the grocery store with the, you know, run the jewels blaring and you're in your PJs or something? It's, it's... <laughs> That's an interesting question as well. Uh, I'm sure I've done a whole lot of embarrassing things and just don't realize it's embarrassing because as a dad, you know, it, it's not embarrassing to you. Right. It might be embarrassing to your family. <laughs> um <laughs> I have a feeling I've got two stepdaughters, teenagers, um, and I I have a feeling I've embarrassed them more than I've embarrassed. Izzy's only four, so she she thinks I'm awesome. She nothing, yeah, everything I do is great for Izzy. <laughs> the older kids, um, yeah, I'm sure I've embarrassed them, but uh, but really I don't know how because I'm obviously the coolest dad <laughs> around. Uh, I got a, I got a cool job and I got good taste in music.